Hey y'all, Katie here with Mom Nation, and welcome to another episode of Our Love Story. We know being in a relationship is hard, so Diana Isel, Certified Couples Counselor, and I talk through different tips and tricks to help you navigate your relationship and get through everyday life. While you're here on your favorite podcast platform, please subscribe to our channel, or if you'd like to visit us on YouTube and watch the video, our handle is Mom Nation USA. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another season. I guess this is a new season, Diana, since it's our third year and it's our first episode of the new year. Happy 2024 to you, my friend. Happy 2024. It's a new season, right? It is a new season. (laughs) I love it. If you're just joining us, this is our love story Q&A with a couples counselor. We have the best on with us today, and that is Diana Eisel. She's actually on with us every single time. And we are ever so grateful for your time and for your for you being here with us and sharing your expertise. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Yay. So let's dive right into it. So if you guys yeah. are just joining us, if you're not familiar with the show, we are here talking about a different topic every month that pertains to coupling. Yeah, coupleism. <laughs> And we talk about a lot of things here. We talk about, sometimes we talk about uncoupling because sometimes that is the best route to go. I mean, you know, obviously we want to do what we can to, to, to save marriages and to save relationships. But sometimes, I mean, what do you say? Sometimes it just, it just heads that route. And sometimes that's the best route for it to go. Sometimes for everyone's best interest and mental health and mental health of those involved, like. Sometimes it just has to be like that. Yeah. So we talk about all sorts of things here and we even get into, we have a couple of episodes uh, from the past where we got into relationships between family members too. Um, Mm In-laws is a big one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We see a lot of posts about that, don't we? (laughs) Yes, it is. It's almost like it's common or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's a thing. It's weird. (laughs) So what we do is if you're in the mom nation group, great. Then you've probably seen posts that we bring um, to the table to chat about here. If you're not in the mom nation group, that is totally okay. We love that you are here with us. So we're going to jump right into a post that came out not too long ago. Um, And again, uh, names have been covered to protect those that posted this. We certainly don't want to put anyone out on blast here, but I thought that this was a really good topic, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting your take on this one, Diana. Um, so this it. gal says, I adore my husband, married for nine years, so quite a long time, and I care very much about being a supportive, empathetic, and a fair partner. But every once in a while, despite all that, I snap at him in a very uncool, unnecessary way. Sometimes he deserves it, but does anybody really deserve it? And other times, more recently, I realized I'm taking out my anger from work on him. How do you all control this? And I'm having a hard time apologizing for it because he is having an attitude with me too. Eek. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it sounds tough. It's not a great way to, to, to think about yourself, right? That like, I feel like I'm taking my anger or my frustration out of my partner. Like nobody wants to think about that or reliving that. Um, but, you know, I think of a couple things here, like has this mom identified like what those triggers are, right? Like we all have 
things that trigger us emotionally that our partner does, our kids do, like other people do, that we aren't always like privy to in the moment. We're very unconscious of it. And then we react. So when we are triggered, we go back to like our emotional part of our brain or even like the survival part of our brain, right? Which is where like some of our trauma lives from like our childhood, past experiences, things like that. So when we go into that emotional part of the brain, the logic part that's up here like goes out to lunch, like it's gone, right? And so then we react. So we yell, we snap, we do whatever we're doing. And then we don't know why we're doing it because we're not thinking about it, right? But if we can be consciously aware that like, oh yeah, I'm doing the thing again, what is it that's triggering me so much about this, right? Like, is it like, am I feeling like, am I feeling controlled? Am I feeling criticized? Am I feeling judged? Those things don't have to be facts, right? Like our thoughts are not always facts. Right. Sometimes we think things that aren't necessarily true, but they're true for us because it's, you know, our worldview, our perspective. So if we can get to a point where we identify what those triggers are and like before we check out of the logic part, take a pause and like, OK, hang on a second. Like, is this something that like I'm perceiving or I'm triggered by or is this something else? Right. And like that isn't the same thing is, you know, dismissing or allowing somebody to get away with poor behavior, right. right? Like we don't, we don't, we're not saying like, allow other people to mistreat you as long as you're not triggered by it. Like, nope, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. But there is some accountability that goes into how we react back to a perceived trigger, right? Towards like another person, kid, husband, wife, whatever, you know what I mean? We have some accountability there. So I think about, has she identified what those triggers are, right? And has he identified what his triggers are when he responds back with an attitude, right? right? Like, we've all done it. Like, we all bite back when we feel like we heard something spicy. But, like, is he in a position to be like, oh, so, like, I'm perceiving, I'm feeling like I'm feeling criticized right now. I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling the need to protect myself right now. I'm not really sure why, but, like, I think I need to dig a little deeper, right? But how often does that consciously happen mm -hmm. when we're having those conflicts or those conversations? We just go with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Much like kids do. Because kids operate in that emotional part of their brain pretty much all the time, mm -hmm. especially when they're really young, right? So we can use those skills of staying in the logic part, identifying what those triggers are. We can use those with our kids. We can use them with our partner. So all that to say, I wonder if this mom has identified like what that trigger is exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. And I also think overwhelm plays a part in this. Absolutely. Overwhelm, overstimulation, like all of those things can certainly be like sensory issues can certainly be a contributing factor to that. And some of that can also be linked back to childhood experiences, attachment, trauma, things like that. You know what I mean? A good example of that is like in our in our parenting experiences, like we have a two year old that's like screaming their heads off and like having a tantrum. And we're like, oh, my God, stop, 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 like stop overreacting. It's not a big deal. It's just the blue bowl. Like, calm down. Like, why are you screaming? Right. But we're responding in that way for a reason. We are clearly triggered by something. Maybe we grew up in a really loud, chaotic home 
And that triggers us, right? The loud noise, the screaming, the screeching, right? The, the loudness of it is mm -hmm. a trigger for us. And we don't automatically realize that's what it is. And so we, you know, we react in that way. But really, if you zoom out and look at the situation, that kid is doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing at right. this age, right? Like it's a very age appropriate response to something. But if we stay in that logic part of our brain, like, hey, I know I can totally see you're really struggling right now. And I know that it's getting really close to bedtime. And so I have a hard time when I'm tired, too. So do you want to wear the blue pajamas or the red pajamas tonight? Right. And everyone listening is probably like, maybe not everyone, like, okay, like, do you even have kids, lady? Right? But like, <laughs> he does, <laughs> I promise. I do. But sometimes we have to dig really deep. And that's where our reflection comes in. What am I contributing to this? You know what I mean? What am I contributing? What am I being triggered by? Because I can tell you, if you can manage to dig really deep and stay in that logic part of your brain, that tantrum is going to resolve itself much faster than if you fed it, mm -hmm. right? And so how does that relate to our relationships? Well, if you feed from your emotional part of your brain, your partner feeds from their emotional part, and then we're just like, do, 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 do. We're just going up all the way until there's like some big explosion or big conflict, right? Because somebody has to be the one that stays in the logic part. Oh, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I can already tell, like, this is probably not the time to have this conversation. I'm feeling myself getting really emotional too. So like, how about I'm going to go take a shower and then I'm going to come back and we're going to try this conversation again, right? Mm -hmm. The other person might feel like, well, I want to talk about this right now. I totally understand. You want to make your point, but I can already tell like we're not in a good emotional place to do this. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just take a pause. This is still an important thing for us to talk about, but like we need to just pump the brakes for a minute. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Two things that I want to pull out of what you just said, which I think there's just a ton of value in there. Um, but two things that I want to pull out is one with the back to your example of the two year old having the meltdown and how does the parent react to it? I feel like we have to also keep in mind, like parenting is such a hard job. I, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But I feel like that we have to keep in mind that everything that we're doing is teaching them and shaping them and molding them and training them. And sure. that's likely going to be their reaction later on. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, when we when we react that way, a lot of times we're just repeating what we know. Yeah. We're repeating what our parents did. Right. And so that's our that's our concept of what's normal, quote unquote, like that's our framework. That's our, our, our concept of how it's going to happen. If we have that to draw from, we're going to do that again. We're going to mm -hmm. keep repeating it. Right. And so the, the parents that are doing the work to self-reflect and identify where that behavior comes from are the ones that are going to teach their kids that instead of just projecting my own stuff onto my kids, like I'm going to take a moment and reflect, like, why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and identify that this isn't like about them. They're doing the thing they're supposed to be doing. That's probably really annoying, but they're supposed to be doing that thing. So this is about me and how I'm perceiving it and how I'm triggered by it or how I'm handling it. You know what I mean? When you put it very objectively like that, you're not blaming yourself. It's just like, oh, the thing is happening again. I can tell that that feeling feels really familiar. I don't like it. And I certainly don't want to perpetuate that and teach my kids 
how to handle it the same way, right? We want them to be, we always want our kids to be, have better than we had, right? More emotional intelligence, more emotional awareness, more comfortable with themselves and their self-worth and value and how to set boundaries with people and set reasonable expectations from people. We want all of those things, right? But a lot of times we don't have that reflection time yet to recognize how our own upbringings, our own childhoods influence how we parent. Now, sometimes I hear people say like, my childhood was fine. It's not like I was abused or anything. It's not like Mm. my parents hit me. It's not like I didn't have food or clothing or whatever. Great. I'm so glad that you didn't have that experience. But saying that maybe my emotional needs were neglected or maybe my emotional needs were dismissed That is not like jumping on the like mom and dad are terrible bandwagon. It's just recognizing that like, you know, things could have been different. And since they weren't, I can recognize that I can do different. Like I'm in charge now. Right. And so not only is that just so, I mean, awesome for you to teach your kids that, but it's also really healing for your inner child. Right. Our own inner child is still in there. It still exists. And you have the opportunity to be like, see things can be totally different. Like mm-hmm. your, your feelings do matter. So in our attempts to teach our kids something different, we're doing a lot of healing on ourselves at the exact same time. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing all of that. The second thing that I wanted to pull out is you mentioned fatigue. And mm-hmm. I think that that is, I'm not a dad. I don't know what dads go through. I, I think dads are wonderful and very valuable. So I'm not like trying to, to bag on dads at all. But I feel like moms are, I hear so much that moms are just chronically fatigued. It's, it's a thing for moms. And I know just in my, you know, my own personal experience, if I'm feeling tired, I do have less patience. I do have less ability to control the emotions that are coming out of me. Never mind being able to now help a little person do the same thing. Absolutely. We're human beings. We're not going to execute everything perfectly all the time. There's probably going to be a maybe not well-placed F-bomb, but they're still going to be there. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're not perfect. We're still human beings. We get tired. You know, we're not, we're just not perfect. And that's totally fine. That's not what we're after here. Right. But to speak to the first part of what you said, I think everyone's fatigued, right? Both parents are fatigued, but now I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with, This isn't any mom's fault for being tired or being perhaps a default parent or any of that. Not at all. It's not your fault. Whoever's hearing that, it's not your fault. However, sometimes we repeat things that we feel are expected of us. And therefore, we teach our partner what is expected of them. Right. So if we you know, are, are busy doing all the things, right? Doing all the grocery shopping, the planning, the cleaning, the blah, 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 all these things. And he's just sitting back and you're like, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, I need some help with these things. Okay, well, what do you need my help with? And no, 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 no. Like, look around, you know what needs to be done to run a household. But like, what did it look like when you were growing up? Is this what you saw? Mm-hmm. If that's what you saw. Like, okay, are you willing to learn something different? And am Mm -hmm. I willing to learn something different? Did I watch my mom run herself ragged doing all of those things and then getting mad about it? Yep. Man, like that sucks. But how much of that was, I didn't have any expectations set for him. I just expected him to figure it out. Well, generation after generation, it ain't working. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like the whole, the whole line. Well, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. <laughs> right. Like yeah. if you can't figure it out and then guys are everywhere. Like what the heck? Like how am I supposed to know what that means? Yeah. But if he's available enough to reflect and be like, you know what? Like maybe, maybe I do look at things differently than you do. Maybe there are different expectations for me or what I've viewed growing up. You know what I mean? But like, I'm willing to learn. It's a learning curve. Right. But even mm -hmm. just that sense of reflection is says a lot, you know what I mean? So there's not a mom out there that needs to just keep burning herself out like a candle at both ends. Like you don't need to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. But stay in the logic part of your brain again. Right. Like, Hey, I'm feeling like things are imbalanced or I'm feeling like I'm doing, you know, more when it comes to the household responsibilities. You know what I mean? I'm not emotional. I'm just telling you how I feel. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're facts. Right. Because on the receiving end of that, if anyone feels attacked, they're automatically going to get defensive. And then it's like beating your head up against the wall, right? Yeah, it's like, what, forget okay, it. what was the point of that, right? But if you can stay in the logic part and talk about how it is from your experience, you know, hopefully your partner is available enough to be like, okay, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Um, how can I help? Well, there are things that go on around this house on a daily basis, weekly basis that just need to get done. And so I really need you to have an increased awareness of what those things are, because I am feeling like the default parent and it's not a great place to be because I know that can grow some resentment towards you. And I certainly don't want to do that because resentment is toxic for a relationship. It's poison, right? And our intimacy is going to suffer. Our trust is going to suffer. All of those things are going to suffer if we don't have this very conversation right now. Now. So are moms fatigued? Absolutely. But in our society, in our culture, the, the female gender typically is the, is the default parent, right? It's not right, wrong. Otherwise, you know, if there's guys listening, you know, there's no need to, you know, shake your fist at me or anything, but it's what you've learned too. And that's not your fault. But what we are all accountable for is what can I learn differently to help better support my partner? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's so important and not talked yeah. about enough. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, uh, again, I, I totally agree with you as far as the default parent thing. And I feel like moms just accept that and they're like, okay, well, mm -hmm. that's just how it is. And yeah. communication can really help a lot in that situation. Absolutely. I think that a lot of women, not all women, but I think a lot of us put a lot of our own self-value and self-worth and our ability to be a quote unquote good mom. Yeah. Right. And so we feel like if we don't do all the things, we are somehow failing. We're somehow screwing our kids up. We're disappointing them. We're disappointing society. We're disappointing our parents. Like we're surrounded by this, like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. And it doesn't help that we have this constant mommy war thing going on about everything. So we lose either way. There's no way that a mom can just be successful in this society or it's really hard, right? You take like breastfeeding. Oh, if you do like, that's great. You're a superior mom, but oh, you stopped before this age. That's terrible. Oh, you formula fed. Oh, you're setting your kids up for a failure later in life. Oh, you stay at home. Like, don't you contribute anything? Oh, you work mm. away from home. You're letting someone else raise your kids. Like we can't win. We can't, right? Win. We're expected to mom. Like we don't have jobs and we're expected to work. Like we don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're stuck between a rock and a hard place all the time. Right. So we put a lot of our self-worth and our self-value into that. And I think that's something that's very unique to moms versus dads, at least in our culture. Totally agree. Yeah, that definitely hits hits hard. So I appreciate you sharing that, too. One last 
question or topic that I kind of wanted to bring up with respect to what this mom shared. And this is a total rabbit hole. So I get it if you're like, mm, that's a whole other show, Katie. Um, and, and this is something that I personally experienced. Um, but a time of day was really tough for my spouse and I um, in the beginning before we started to dig into ADHD. Um, and, you know, my spouse, I share it a lot. He shares it too. My, my spouse ha is, has been diagnosed with ADHD and where we have tools now to help with that. Um, and so, and, and communication helps a lot too, but what was happening was, and I noticed the pattern after a while, but what was happening was there was a certain time of day where he was a little bit more overwhelmed, a little bit more fatigued and a, and a little less able to, um, calmly communicate and, and, you know, carry the, the burden of the tasks that he had to do that day or, or whatever the case may be. And, mm -hmm. and that caused some friction. Do you see any of that? Do you have anything to, to, cause I, I know that there are adults out there that may be dealing with this, but don't really know that they are. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a couple components there. I do feel like there are a lot of adults out there that do have ADHD that don't know it. Right. But it, it masquerades as anxiety. Right? right. So a lot of people do. And a lot of people do have anxiety, like legitimately have anxiety. But a lot of times we're not digging into like the specific behaviors, the impulsivity, the hyperfixation, mm -hmm. um, the like we, we mask so much in our everyday lives when we do have, you know, anxiety, ADHD, any other like sort of disorder, like we mask a lot. And then when we come home and we're like in our safe space, it's almost like when kids come home from school and they're like bonkers, you know what I mean? It's yes. like, it's like that after school, like, like let down, right. Where like they've had to be structured all day long and then they come home and they like go bananas. You know what I mean? And yes. adults, adults with ADHD and adults that don't, come home and experience the same thing. But then you come home and you clock back into a different job, right? Right. So the communication around like, what does that look like? What are the expectations when you do come home from work? If that's your time of day where you're feeling just like really overstimulated or just, just you were hyper fixating on something all day. And so your brain's really tired. Like, what does that look like? Well, does that look like, you know, with younger kids, you come through the garage and go straight upstairs and take a shower or, you know, lay in the bed for a few minutes or what does that look like for you? How I can support you. Right. And this has to be a mutual decision. Like whoever the other parent is has to be like not only supportive, but like enthusiastically supportive. Right. right. Like I know that you need this for your mental health. And yes, it's going to be in another 30 minutes that I've been alone with the kids, you know, but like, I know you need this in order to show up better for me and to show up better for our kids. Right. So communicating what those times of day are that you're feeling that more and how can my like other half better prepare me for that and support me through that. Right. And that's, that's ADHD or not. We need this, like this, like almost like letdown period when we come home to just like, whew, we're back in our safe place. We don't have to be as structured. You know what I mean? So if kids need a break when they come home and they do parents, they need like a 30 minute break when they come home before starting their homework. Um, adults need it too. Right. Before we take on the responsibilities of, of being a parent. I totally agree with that and can relate so much. And, and one of the tools that we now have in our belt is, um, you know, when it's that time of day, my husband will say, Hey, I, I got to go go take a quick nap. And literally he takes like a 20 minute nap. It's not that big a deal. I don't know how the man can fall asleep that quick. And then I don't, I don't know. I can't do that. 
<laughs> but he can. And and so I know when he says, I got to go take my nap, I know what that means. And mm -hmm. so I just let him go, let him do his thing. And honestly, him having that 20 minutes to himself makes my life so much better. That, Absolutely. Why not? It's such a win. And we only found that through communication. So communication, Absolutely. big, huge, as far as we're concerned. And then we found that tool. It works wonders. And I know what he means when he says it. He can be in a crowded room and say, I got to go take my nap. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. And being supportive of it is, is all of it, right? Being supportive because you know that if he doesn't go and do that, he's not going to be able to pour anything constructive, right? Like if the other half, you know, you in this position, I'm not saying you would do this, but if you're like, listen, I've been alone with this kid all day today and I've been trying to work and do these things. Like, are you kidding? Like 20 minutes right now? Right. But like, okay, so he stays and he gets resentful and he's irritable and he's angry. I'm not saying he would do that either. Just disclaimer here. Since right. Know right. <laughs> you know, but like, what did you get? Did you get quality right. versus yeah. the quantity? Like, can I be okay for 20 more minutes so you can get what you need? Knowing that if the roles were reversed, I can also get what I need when I need it. You know what I mean? If that's exactly. like, I got to run, get a coffee real quick, or I'm going to go take a bath or I'm going to do whatever. Like I'm feeling super overstimulated. You know what I mean? When it feels like there's that balance and that enthusiastic support there, it makes all the difference. And you guys show up differently for each other and also for kids, you know? Yeah. And that's the big thing too, is it, it's not only affecting me and my life and him and his life and, and our relationship together, but it's our family as a whole. And so it's really important that he has that time. And I'm so glad that we were able to discover that and it's made a world of difference. Absolutely. And it's not selfish. If I need to say that louder for the people in the back, it's not selfish to take time for yourself. You're taking an hour to go take a bath while I'm taking, you know, time away from my kids, away from my family. Cool. So quality versus quantity. Yeah. Like, are you really present? Are you feeling engaged? Or if you're not, then you're just choosing quantity over quality, right? Mm -hmm. And we teach our kids so many valuable lessons when they see us practicing self-care. They learn that they are also worthy of self-care, right? But then they also look back and reflect and think like, yeah, my mom, my dad, they did what they had to do. They went to the gym. They She took baths. She went and did this and this and this. Like they did things for themselves. They are not going to look back and be like, you know, every Friday when my mom, you know, went out to the coffee shop for an hour, she was super neglectful. Nobody is going to think that. Exactly. You know what I mean? They are not going to see that. We are just projecting that guilt onto them and assuming that that's what they're going to feel, but they're not. They're going to learn the exact opposite of how valuable that is to you and how valuable that was for them. Totally agree. It's back to that being the perfect mom again and, and being, yep. you know, there all the time. And, and honestly, as humans, we can't be, we have to be there for ourselves sometime. It's, it's like, you know, I always laugh when I say this because it's so, it's like such an overused term, but it's that whole oxygen mask in the plane thing, right? Like sure. you gotta put yours on first before you can do it for anybody else. And so sure. it's, it certainly makes things better and easier all around. Well, Absolutely. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this was such stuff. a great, yes, such a great talk as usual. Thank you so much for being with us again. Um, anything else that you want to add on the topic before I close out here? 
I hope that this mom takes some time and reflects on, you know, what her triggers are and make sure to remember her own self-care because that's super duper important. We all deserve it. And, you know, that she's showing up for herself and advocating for herself in this as well. Totally agree. And I, I feel like this could also be a whole other conversation, a whole other episode. But I also run into moms that think that self-care means they go out and get their hair done or they're going out to get their nails done. And where that can, I believe, be a part of it, if sure. that's something that you really like and relaxes you and, you know, sure. um, but like you not said, going to the grocery store, that ain't it. <laughs> yep, exactly. But like you said, just just even taking a bath, just even taking a moment, just my husband taking a 20 minute nap, that's self-care. Um, Absolutely. You know, sitting down by yourself to read a book, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that costs money or that causes you to have to leave the house or anything like that. And I think we kind of get hung up in what that is and what that means sometimes. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, this is it. The conclusion mm -hmm. of the very first episode in 2024. Thank mm -hmm. you again, Diana. For those of you who want to check out any of our previous episodes, we've got a lot on the playlist. So hop on over to our YouTube channel. It is at Mom Nation USA. That's our handle. Scroll down just a tad and you will see the playlist for our love story. And all of our previous episodes are there. And there are some juicy ones, Diana. There's some good ones. Yes, some really good ones. And <laughs> you know what is totally warms my heart and I love. And I know that I shared this with you, but uh, this isn't the first time. But we I had a mom come to me. Um, she had put an anonymous post. We talked about it. And this was a long time ago, like maybe... I don't know, eight, nine months ago or something. And um, she loved our episode and really took it to heart and did some work with her husband. He was on board and things are going really a lot better for them, I should say. Love so, that. Yeah. Love so that. we're doing good things, friend. Love that. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. And for those of you who are more of the podcast type, you prefer to listen to us versus watch, hop over to your favorite podcast platform, do a quick search for Mom Nation Talk Radio. And there you can access all of our shows on your favorite podcast platform. All right, friend. We'll see you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.